What kind of beer do you like? Heineken. Heineken? Fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! Shit. You heard it, folks. <laughs> Today we're drinking the classic. Classic. Pabst Blue Ribbon. Yeah. It's Give a... me a Pabsty, I say. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. We got our koozies today. Yeah, you're it's... not going to hear the cheers. No. Because if you go to coldcanspodcast.com slash merch, you can get yourself a koozie and silently cheers with all your own friends. This is kind of one of those harder episodes. Like, I felt like we had to be tactful with it, um, as is mm. the beer to the world. Mm. And... Uh, it was kind of a tough one to find an angle on to make sure we treated with enough respect, and I think we kind of went into it going, "Let's enjoy the beer." And um, I think there's enough, you know. We we talked a lot about how we were going to talk about hipsters because this is a beer for hipsters. Yeah, and then we but both fucked them. <laughs> we both came who to the cares? conclusion I don't want to fucking talk about yeah, hipsters. Yeah, who cares? I, I I couldn't agree more, and I'm happy we're not doing that. So mm. let's just enjoy this goddamn Paps Blue Ribbon. This is going to be a two-minute episode where we guzzle <laughs> guzzle this 24-pack of beers. What's, sign off. What's the initial? Uh, what's your initial taste profile? Yeah, I had it a million times. It's not a great uh-huh. beer, but it, it goes down easy enough. Yeah, there's really not much to talk about with PBR. You all know what it tastes like. It's right in the same vein of all the rest of these that we've drank that are similar to this. Um, one, Let's just jump into the trivia. Because I think the trivia is, is the is the part to go. Coldcans.com slash wikipedia.org. <laughs> Let's do it. So original name for, for Pabst Blue Ribbon, Best Select. <laughs> and then Pabst Select. And then the current name came after that. And uh, concerning the name change, we have a bit of a um, Blatz situation on our hands. Ooh. Because the original um, founders of this whole thing... Um, uh-huh. Gottlieb and Gottlieb and Doug Gottlieb founded Frederica Pabst uh, okay. arrived in Chicago in 1848. Yada yada yada. Uh, one thing led to another. <laughs> one thing leads to another. another. In 1862, Frederick, the son of Gottlieb and Frederica, this when you name sucks. your kid the male, <laughs> it does suck. Uh, this whole segment's shit. I'm not no, even going to no, no. talk Go about ahead. this. Go ahead, please. Do. No, it's shit. No, we'll, uh, we'll finish it. The listeners deserve to hear the end. Okay. I so didn't say this segment sucks. I said this beer sucks. No, the beer sucks. I, I heard you say it, but I, I'm i fumbling it. Fumbling, bumbling, stumbling, mumbling. Goose is loose. You know what you do when the ball's in the ground? Pick it up. Hey, don't step on it. Pick so, it up. Where did we go? What did what did they do? Uh, the Great Chicago Fire of 1871 destroyed 19 Chicago breweries, helped position Milwaukee, where PBR was being brewed at the time, as the leading beer-producing city in the United States. Chaos is a ladder, my friends. Oh, you think there was some uh, Rolling Rock 33 conspiracy theories going on? Yes. Did Milwaukee start <laughs> the Great Chicago Fire of 1871? The same way Mr. Blatz, <laughs> Valentino Blatz, yeah. killed his next-door neighbor and married his wife. <laughs> In the same way, Milwaukee killed its next door neighbor. Like when Courtney Love killed Kurt Cobain, to, just like to that. To promote the Tecate brand around the, his memorial, that, it's all coming together. Jesse is in Russia right now, but otherwise, the former governor might 
chime in on this one. I can chime in oh, from anywhere oh, I am good. in the entire world. Let the me tell line. you about the subway the great... hot takes Jesse Ventura hotline. Thank, thanks for having me. Fresh takes. I'd like to. I'd like to comment about the Great Chicago Fire of eighteen seventy one. You think it's a coincidence that the non-great Barry Obama hailed? Well, he didn't hail from Chicago. He hailed from Kenya. But when he came over, that he got his political career started in Obama. I don't think so, and I'm paying by Obama. By... <laughs> Chicago, Chicago. Chicago. Sorry, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little pissed up on this Russian, <laughs> on Russian vodka. vodka over here. Uh, this is me doing. This is me doing a Russian accent. It's vod. Uh, Barry Obama. I can't. I can't do it. Anyway, um, that's not the Jesse I know admitting defeat. I'm paying per minute for this call, so I'm going to wrap it up here. It's no coincidence. Uh, love the show, guys. Keep at it. Oh wow, Jesse's a fan of the show. I didn't know before. That's cool. It's I know interesting. Liked to we be had on. a hotline yeah. available that he just called in on. It's an open hotline. Yeah, directly to Vladimir Putin's desk. <laughs> so Jesse must be meeting with Vladimir as we speak. And it's also interesting that he was trying to reach for um, for Jesse Ventura doing a Russian accent and then failed mid sentence because he wasn't able to pull it off. Yeah, he doesn't have that persistence that we talked about in the previous episode. It's true. That we recorded last week uh, true. Sierra Nevada. That the company Jesse... of Pabst Blue Ribbon uh, demonstrates as well. They do, yeah. They they climbed that ladder of chaos and the fire that they started. It wasn't that old woman's cow kicking the lantern, folks. It was uh, Frederick, no, Philip Best and Oh, that's why it's called it be Best, known. Best Select? Yeah. The guy's last name was best. Yeah. So does that play into the persistence of holding on to this fucking name, Paps Blue Ribbon? You were reading, I don't know where you were reading it, but how did it get its, why why are they calling themselves Paps Blue Ribbon? So in 1890, after um, the best guy died, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So some guy died and it left a Pabst man as the president and his widow- Oh, the other guy's widow, Shandine. Oh, no. widow as vice president. And that was in 1889. And then 1890, the Pabst man changed the quote-unquote best leatherhead to uh-huh. Pabst, and the Pabst Brewing Company officially began. Right, but how did it get Pabst Blue Ribbon? Oh, how did it win its award? Thanks for bringing that up, Joe. <laughs> in 1893, the beer won America's Best at the World's Columbian Exposition in, guess where? You're going to tell me it's Chicago. God damn. Sorry, calling in again from the subway. So so in 1893, did you say, is that was the date? Wikipedia also says whether the brand actually won an award in 1893 is unclear. Some contemporaneous accounts indicate that many vendors were frustrated by the fair's refusal to award such prizes. So potentially, what? No, they, no one gave them an award, so they took one for themselves. So not only are they clinging to an award well over like 120 years old, it, the award may never have existed in the first mm-hmm. place. Man, that's really sad. Pap's display of pride was a, a display. Oh, man, this Wikipedia page is a nightmare. <laughs> Someone needs to go in and edit this. If only there was a person alive who if could do this. If only we could do some research outside <laughs> of it. Um, but I think the, the sad, pathetic nature of grabbing onto that name kind of was echoed throughout this company. This company kind of has a sad, pathetic like history. <laughs> because like, let's look at the peak decline and revival of Pabst Blue Ribbon. So sales of Pabst peaked at 18 million barrels in 1977, which is fucking massive. We talked about how 
Sierra Nevada um, last year, I think it was 1.9 million or something like that. So 18 million Good barrels. Memory, Joe. In 1977, a whole week ago, and I remembered it. In 1980 and 1981, the company had four different CEOs. Oh, mummy. <laughs> and by 1982, it was fifth in beer sales in the U.S. That's Drop. worse than the b- b- Cleveland Browns head coaching position. Hey, oh. hey, hey. Zoe. 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 Best luck, you, Jackson. In 1996, Pabst headquarters left Milwaukee, and the company ended beer production at its main complex. So between 1981 and 1996, Things weren't going so hot for PBR. Mm. Um, and by 2001, the brand's sales were below a million barrels. Oh, mama. So they fell right off the table. Um, that year, the company got a new CEO, and not much was done. In 2010, here's what happened. So in 2010, the food industry decided, hey, let's start marketing this shitty beer again and, and make it popular amongst idiots. And so food industry executive C. Dean Metropolis, <laughs> that's his real name, C. A Dean man. Metropolis, Bought the company, his last name's literally Metropolis, bought the company for a reported $250 million. And in 2011, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission forced two advertising executives to cease efforts to raise $300 million to buy the company then. So basically all these fucking marketing people seized this branding, the logo. They they saw uh, some sort of push in the future. I don't know why or how or how the powers that be said, let's make Pep's Blue Ribbon relevant again. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, it was. And from 2010 onward, I mean, as we all know, you see this everywhere. Um, It's, it is kind of trendy. It's, we talked about the hipster thing. Um, But like it, it certainly has seemed to sort of latch on as like a, a cheap beer that you can feel proud to drink at a bar. Like if if you're not proud to drink a Rainier or a Olympia or whatever a Blatt's a local thing or or God forbid a Bud Light or a Miller Light, you should be proud to drink a PBR because it's fucking cool. If you have a beard and some tattoos, and so they created this thing that I saw in the grocery store the other day. We'll post this picture. It's called Pabst Blue Ribbon. What is it called? Pabst Blue Ribbon. Uh... Speaking of grocery stores. Oh. PBRart.com. Hey, go speaking ahead. of grocery stores, you're not going to go have to go there anymore. You guys heard of this? You heard Blue Ribbon. How about Blue Apron, <laughs> guys? Well, Blue Apron makes it easy to eat. You know, they're yeah. chefs, they're farmers. They put the they put the work in. You don't have to do a goddamn lick of work because God knows you won't. I love that. They put in the work to make more food more sustainably, and they give you all those sweet little recipe cards. And I then hate they working. they send you the food. You don't even have to get the food. The food comes to you. Someone else is doing the work. in my esophagus for me? Yep. Someone feeds it yep. to me? USPS <laughs> hand feeds you this food. Whoever your post office, whoever your, your mail delivery guy is. Yeah, you better get used to him and those grubby fingers. Suck those fingers. <laughs> <laughs> well, Blue Apron, they have they got a special for you. If you go to coldcanspodcast.com slash Blue Apron, click on the link. Use the power of Cold Cans Nation to get a sweet little discount at Blue Apron. 30 bucks off your first order. Not $10 off. Not $20 off. $30 off? Three, zero. That's value. Dollars. And do you want to know what kinds of food you can eat from Blue Apron? Please list. Well, this week's menu includes crowds going wild in the background as I queue up the menu reading. (sighs) Fontana cheeseburgers. (laughs) Ooh, a guest chef series. Uh-oh. Master chef seared chicken and creamy eggplant. <sighs> Salmon and udon noodle stir fry. Fusili bucati pasta. Yes, please. 
ratatouille tarts? Uh, Pat Oswald says yes. Boo. And summer vegetable and egg paninis. You better get them while they're hot because it's almost fall time, folks, and those summer vegetables are going rotten. Blue <laughs> Apron's going to send you rotten vegetables. Go to coldcanspodcast.com slash Blue Apron. Click the link if you want to. We, we don't care if you do it or not. <laughs> do it if you want to. 30 bucks off your first order. Back to the show. And if for some stupid fucking reason you're Back in a grocery show. store, <laughs> you, you may come across PBR's display ads in which they're pitching PBRart.com, more like PBRfart.com. Uh, it's a national art contest that ends... <laughs> It ends October first, so uh, get October your farts. <laughs> yeah, it ends. It ends October farts. Uh, get your fart on over three thirty million cans. So basically, the idea. This is kind of cool. So you can you you basically create and submit art, and uh, like certain s- section of winners. Um, and there's a staff favorites. If you go to pbrart.com now, uh, there actually is some badass cans. like art and designs on here. Um, a certain section of their favorites will go on cans that are distributed nationally. So um, there's a lot of like, again, it fits that that trend of like PBR trying to be in in the hipster culture or in at least a creative culture, which I can I can't totally shit on. Like that's kind of cool. It you know the the other yeah for sure other ad campaigns for similar beers that are nationally distributed like Miller Lite and Bud Light. Like the the trend is like you know you're a bunch of bros sitting around. Does the does the the old lady got you down. <laughs> well, have a Bud Light. But with PBR, they're like, whatever, you know, make, create something, send it to us. We'll put it on our can. We realize we're this big marketing thing. Yeah, that's probably part of why the beer is so popular now is because the, the logo is cool. People, like, identify with it yeah. and think it's – because this would be considered good design almost in any era. Oh, sure. And so th- that's a reason why the, like, artistic types kind of – uh suck it down as their nectar of choice. Totally. And we talked a lot about, I, I think probably the reigning um, can design champion has been Rainier. We bring it up over and over again. Yeah. how iconic them it is. Them or Budweiser. But both of them, I believe, are dethroned. This is the best mm-hmm. designed can. It, it's, to me, that's everything with PBR. Certainly not the taste of the beer inside, but yeah. this can is fucking amazing, and that's why everybody likes drinking it. Yeah, um, let's do a check-in on that. The beer in the can. How's it going down? It's going down fine for me. I'm a little over halfway done. Yeah. But with the design, I mean, even there was this, um, back where we went to college in Madison, Wisconsin, there was this block party called Mifflin Street Block Party. We're going to have some pictures up on Instagram, but they had this just badass T-shirt. What's that Instagram handle, Joe? Well, it's, I don't know. No, Cold Cans Pod. (laughs) At Cold Cans Pod. Um, but they had this badass T-shirt that was like it said Mifflin Street Block Party in the the copyright infringement uh, redesign of the PBR logo, and it was cool. And I let my nineteen year old self or whatever latched onto it because it is iconic. Mm-hmm. So that is certainly what this beer has going for it. I, I, it's all that it has going for it is that their the two thousand ten purchase by Mr. Metropolis. <laughs> yeah. Was while you mentioned him by the way, we have a news update from the Wikipedia desk here at Cold Cans Studio. <laughs> one of one of Mr. Metropolis's sons, Darren, uh who's 33 years old, purchased in 2016 the Playboy Mansion for 100 million dollars. Seriously? Yeah, his son bought the Playboy Mansion. I remember hearing about that sale. million dollars? Yeah, 100 mil. Hugh Holy Hugh shit. Hefner's still clear and Big buckle oars. 
Buccaroonies. And Playboy as an Dolores. entity hasn't been relevant right. for many, many years, but it's just like an iconic like brand. Iconic brand. to PBR. Full circle. Desperate for a revival. Um, full mast, full circle. But, yeah, going back to, like, the contents of the can itself, this beer, as you said at the beginning, is very nondescript. There's not much to talk about. I think the only thing that could save it would be to pair it with some sort of, I don't know, snack? One that may be edible? One that may be shedable? <laughs> it's time, folks. Your favorite segment. Edible! Or shedable! All right, today we are eating Fritos brand Flamin' Hots. Fritos Flamin' Hots. Now, many of you may be used to Cheetos Flamin' Hots. The Lay's division has said, let's take that powdery Flamin' Hot goodness and sprinkle it over every uh, dog shit brand that we own. Not so fast, Joseph. Get that hand out of my bag. The smell, it's almost pure Fritos opening it. Unless my sinuses are clogged. Joe, one second! Give me the bag. The bag says, when your taste buds want to feel the burn, a regular chip just isn't going to cut it. You need something that'll reach out and bite you back. <laughs> no. Yeah, there's a lot of sexual implications here. All right, let's do it. All right. Fritos flame and hot. I wouldn't no. call these flaming hot. No, not yet. Maybe once you polish off one bag. Then you're. I'm not a fan of overly spicy things. Things that are spicy just to be spicy when it doesn't add to the flavor. This, this tastes I'm exactly just... like a regular Frito. I guess after I swallow, there's a little. Okay, there's a little after. There's a burn. <laughs> Which I will say, like a perfect thing to put on top of that burn is this PBR. When I took a drink after eating these, they went down really well. Mm. I was all ready to dismiss it as shedable. Well, well okay. One thing we have to. Also on the bag, it says, corn chips combine the classic corn taste with a hearty, all-American, fiery crunch. Well, the, the whole brand, Fritos Flame Hots, blah, 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 blah. Right out of the bag, baked into a Fritos chili pie or with your favorite dip. Nothing satisfies like Fritos. Fritos chili pie. You never a Fritos had one of those? chili pie? Yeah, what can, is that? There's a barbecue joint here in Seattle where you can get Fritos pies. And they're, what? uh yeah, it's just like a bag of Fritos, and then they, it's kind of like a walking taco. Oh, okay. That's we'll what they call, call it a walking it. taco. Then. Well, they don't. That's, that's a Wisconsin thing. I think we know what side they fall in on the uh, the border wall uh, debate. They don't want to call it a taco. They prefer a pie. I don't see it as a debate at all. <laughs> um. So, what do you think? What do you think of these Fritos flaming hots? On their own, there's nothing really. Like, every bite tastes like a Frito, and then there's a little bit of sting afterwards. But, like, when you eat Flamin' Hot Cheetos, the Flamin' Hot enhances each individual Cheeto. Mm. The Cheeto is kind of something I ate, like, as a kid, but right now all that cheese, like, like that, even though we called the Cheetos edible, you know, that cheese stuff doesn't really move the needle for me. But a Flamin' Hot Cheeto, like, you taste it right away. There's something about this corn chip and, like, the oil on it where the, the, the Flamin' Hot only comes in after I eat it. I so, was just going to say, yeah, these... The flaming Hot powder or whatever seems to take away from the normal oiliness of Fritos, which is what I like best about a Frito. Right. You bite into it, and you literally feel the corn oil ooze out in your mouth. Right. So on their own, they're definitely sheddable. They do pair pretty well with a beer, which is the point of this segment. Like the flaming Hot 
So you eat a Frito, it tastes kind of like a Frito. And then that flaming hot taste lingers. And the thing that you need to put in your mouth really is like a PBR, like a, a shitty beer. Like I wouldn't so we're drink... calling this parable or terrible now? <laughs> what are we doing, Joe? That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> I, wouldn't Does... pair, I wouldn't pair this with the parable or terrible. Did we just change the name? <laughs> we I think we have. did. That was really parable good. Parable or terrible, wow. baby. Because you're going off of the word parable, mm. but it's it's parable. Okay, so I wouldn't pair this with a to- torpedo IPA. I would call this shedable. But with the beer that we paired it with today, to me, this is very parable. I vote parable, not terrible. I'll agree with that. I think when you're sitting around with your boys blasting some PBRs down your gullet, and you're going to be snacking on some flaming Hot Fritos. The flaming, like, Very parable. You, you do need a little bit, of, given that this has no taste, you need to introduce taste. Mm. Whereas, like, with the Torpedo Extra IPA, it's very, it's terrible pairing. Non-terrible, ver, non-parable, very terrible. Yes. This is very parable here. So I say parable. Parable with PBR. Okay, I'm really happy we renamed. Sound <laughs> we, we, there's nothing else we could do parable. We'll think about it. We'll think about that. But think we we just riff the name off, off the cuff, so uh, we're going to go with that forever. God, that's so much better than edible or shit. <laughs> All right. Um, what can I say? I'm a fucking genius. Oh, okay. So we'll I'm the smartest man. So we'll um, alive. Should we move to the logistics? Jeff Foxworthy of the beer? does. Are you smarter than Nick Patriot? The answer is always no. Well, that would compare you to a fifth grader. No, the show is now called Are You Smarter Than Nick Patriot? Right, but you replaced a fifth grader. So because are you they wanted than... they wanted the show to go to a higher breed of. Oh, so instead of the show saying, are you smarter than an idiot, which was the whole allure of the show and why Jeff Foxworthy was the the host. Well, that show's kind of bullshit, too, because kids are idiots, obviously, in the ways ways of learning about life. Right. But they know all these random facts that you're hammered in your head. They know everything about, like, early broken American education system. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's ridiculous to, like, compare, like memorization of the periodic table with someone who's like 50 years old yeah with and knows kid. how to do their taxes but if you said like let's let's discuss the merits of a roth ira yeah <laughs> then i probably would bet that the the middle-aged yeah. man would understand that practical intelligence but you're saying they rebranded the show now the rebrand combines both Patriot. yeah so i know every fact there is to know wrote memorization is a very big skill of mine but also you're like the schwab yeah that? no one can stump me yeah stump the schwab Stumper Hump. That was fucking dumb. He was employed by ESPN for, I think he's like still employed by ESPN, which is just ridiculous. He survived the cuts, the recent cuts. I don't know. I can't ve- verify that with anything. Um, should we get to the, the, the content of PBR, the beer itself? What is Beer Advocate? Let's, let's go to beer, beer Advocate, Joe. Uh, the community gives it a 70, which is okay. That's from 5,500 ratings. Oh, wow, that's shocking. Shockingly low? Hi. Really? 70? Well, you wait your little butt cheeks. Because the bros give it an 83, which is good. What? <laughs> Can you give me a paragraph or two of what, why the bros view this as particularly good? Let me give you a paragraph or two about the I bros. Wanna, I want to bring up, like, would you call this a similar beer to, say, Tecate? Because Tecate's beer advocate score is 62. Rolling Rock, 63. Molson Canadian, 68. I guess that's close. The Globultra, 47. Miller Lite, 55. Like... What makes no, PBR I, better? I agree. Let me read you their assessment of taste. This is Jason Alstrom, apparently is his name. Jason. One of the, one of the bros. Hassan. Taste. Light to moderate body, nice even crispness with a somewhat effervescent carbonation. The smooth mouthfeel rides on the tail of the carbonation. Thin, 
malt palate. That's a bad sentence. Kiss of hops, bitterness peaks after the crispness subsides and the dryness kicks in. Trace of alcohol hit the tongue and warms the mouth and throat. <laughs> hops, hops stick to bitterness and provide no flavor, yes, other than a faint grassiness. Some corn grit flavor in the middle. Not cooked grits, but rather fresh milled grits. I wish I could improvise this shit. This is unbelievable Seriously? that this is being written. Clean palate throughout with a great wrap-up of dryness in the finish. This is a great premium American lager. Hands down beats the big three. Presumably Miller, Miller Bud, Bud, and Coors, maybe? Yeah. Something like that. About the same in the bottle, but obviously better on tap. A perfect change-up when things get a bit tedious and you want to drink a simple beer. I'll agree with that last again? line. Yeah, I'll Jason. agree with that. Jason Alstrom. Sounds like Jason's pulling his pud to PBR. <laughs> That was Little a very yeah. sexually charged review. And he, overall, he gives it a 3.65 out of 5, which somehow translates to an 83. Yeah, that, that math doesn't add up. I don't think it, yeah, because that would be 20, 60. No, that does, there's no way. It'd be 73. I feel like Beer Advocate just has a bug where they somebody did that math. Well, the other brother gave it a 3.75, so. That's even higher. Somebody did the math off the top of the dome and <laughs> went, okay, three times two, it's 83. And then they, because that's shockingly high. I agree. Should we send an email to the folks at Beer Advocate and then report back to Cold Cans Nation to see if they're 10 points off with their rating system? Yeah, let's do okay. it. Intern, intern Brian will do that. He's still, he's got one week left of his internship. He can take care of that. I have to travel. You're going to have to send me the, the no. beer advocate. Brian, in- if you want us to sign your goddamn college like acceptance, whatever the shit you my tried dad, to get us to sign get me for college wherever. credit. No. You got to grow up. Is Papa's it, not going to be is there. Is it time for my big reveal of who my father is? Wait, what? My father is in studio today. <clears throat> who? There has been someone standing in the corner the entire show. I didn't realize who it was. Yeah. That's your dad? It's I'm Woody Harrelson. No. It's nice to meet the cold cans, folks. Woody, big fan. Thank you. Joey had to go to the, the bathroom, but he'll be like back. True detective. I, w- I really wanted to meet Joey. I feel like he's he'll be back. extremely <laughs> talented. I didn't necessarily. Many people are saying he's the star of the show. I didn't the necessarily want star. to meet. Well, of course. I don't necessarily want to meet you. Per se. Oh, you're afraid you're not smarter than me, Woody? Is I love that what it the is? show. I love the premise of the show. Um, but This show or my show? Who's smarter? Who's Are you smarter, smarter than, than Nick? Nick? Come on, okay. follow me here. This is what I don't like about you on the podcast. You can't keep up with someone with the brilliance of wit. Like Is that what it Rock. is? I feel like my accent is morphing into somebody else. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. I, I think Joey's coming out of the bathroom. Brian gets. Do you want to know what credit. he was doing in the bathroom? <laughs> you think he was? You think he was pulling pud? I think the minute he suggested that Jason Alstrom was pulling pud to PBR, kinda, he got a little bug in his got mind. Got a bug in his head. It kind of sounds funny to say pulling pud with Woody Harrelson's voice. Try it. Say pulling pud. Try to do my voice. Pulling pud. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay, I'm gonna leave. Um, and I'm taking Brian. You'll never hear from Brian again. Goodbye. We're not signing his papers, no college credit. What was that? There were Woody people Harrelson coming in and out of the studio. You didn't see who that was? No. I, you, I'll listen you to the You watched episode. True Detective, worry right? About it. Yeah. That was Matthew McConaughey? No, Holy no, no, shit. no, no, no. That was uh, Colin Farrell? 
from season two. No, we're talking season one. The only watchable one. Nah, I'll listen to it later. It couldn't have been someone that important. Let's get back to the rankings. Um, actually, no. Before we get to the rankings, we need to hit the mailbag. Open up the mailbag. Open up the mailbag. Open up the mailbag. Open up the mailbag. Okay. Open up the mailbag. At Dan Shade, super fan, tweets us, at Cold Cans Podcast, and I don't understand this one. I have to admit it. He says, most underrated condiment, sour cream. Uh, that's the last feedback that we got. He tweeted that at the Cold Cans Podcast? Yes, he did. Um, most underrated condiment, sour cream. Is that some sort of like code that we're supposed to decipher? Or are we supposed to understand what he's talking about there? Sort of theme of pulling pudger? Does he have some sour cream? Oh, what did we talk? I'm sorry, Mom. Edible or shedable. That had nothing to do with sour cream. I don't know what he's talking I about. I can't piece it together. We would need a true detective to come in and piece this together. Whoa. Those girls. We might be in luck. Rush. Those girls. They didn't. Des- you're a fucking asshole. You know that. All right, I'm leaving again. Time is a flat. <laughs> and those girls. I like drinking Lone Star beer. And I bet you like the sour cream that you're dealing uh, to those girls. And I'm leaving. Goodbye. Anyway. We got to lock the studio door. We do have to lock the studio door. And I was pushed out every time. I still haven't seen who that is. Doesn't anybody knock anymore? (laughs) So at Dan Shade says, most underrated condiment sour cream. Please, at Dan Shade. Fucking clarify what you meant. (laughs) And uh, listeners, if you agree, uh, say, uh, yeah, hashtag power to sour. (laughs) If you say no, say sour indeed. (laughs) Okay, let's get back to the rankings portion of the show. Are you ready for rankings? So note for the listeners, we have a, a little clock in studio that illuminates. It's sound activated, ostensibly, so you can clap and it'll turn on. Joey's voice there <laughs> just turned on that clock. That, the blue light came on. <laughs> it hurt. <laughs> okay. From the bowels of Joe Glock. Um, so let's just slot. Oh, no. Hold on. Let me. You know what I should do? I think we've gotten some feedback pertaining to what you're about People to say. People don't understand what all the rankings are. Hmm. Why don't I read through all of every single one of the 22 rankings we have so far? And you mentally put a bookmark in and you leave the ranking first. Because I, I, think I you're do cool enjoy with that. starting it off. I do enjoy it starting it off. It sounds like it. Canon says that yeah. you enjoy starting like it. And we it. got a lot of feedback, a lot of people saying praise the rankings. Yeah. Not hashtag not, praise the not rankings. Rank, they smell rank, those rankings. Yeah. We got a lot of praise the rankings. Yeah. And, um, and that they prefer that. I end up being the man on the the mountain that mm. comes in and, and validates what you're saying. Our holy maester, our wise man, uh, Joseph HBO, H. Clark. Uh, our, our, our lawyers advise that our show is in no way affiliated with HBO. Okay, <laughs> rankings from tip to taint. Spotted Cow, Rodenbach Grand Crew. Why do Day you start shoots? at the top? Don't want, We don't want the last thing people hear to be, smear off lace. Start at the bottom. Okay, the rankings from taint to tip. Smirnoff Ice, O'Doul's, Olympia, Budweiser, Miller Lite, Miller 64, Michelob Ultra, Molson, Scheffenhofer, Hefeweizen, Grapefruit Beer, Rolling Rock, Einger Brew Ice, Palisades Pineapple, Tecate Blatz, Sierra Nevada, Torpedo Extra, IPA. Ooh, that one's going to be a tough one to get through. <laughs> Rainier, Crikey IPA. Or S-N-T-E-I, if you will. <laughs> uh, Sierra Nevada, S-N-T-E-I, Rainier, Crikey IPA, Blue Moon, Kona Longboard, Deschutes, Silverhead Red, Rodenbach Grand Crew, and Ark. Current 
number one. Spotted cow. Did the light go no on? No light that time. Right. Sorry. But you're getting the light to get off fuck off stage. <laughs> well, why don't you start with the review then, bucko? Hey, why don't I start and put this in the ballpark so Joey can hit it out of the ballpark? Um, hmm. I would drink this in excess over a chef Sessionability. Yeah. Pretty good sessionability on this. I'm in rolling rock territory. Ooh, I like that. Oh, I feel validated by Joseph, <laughs> the wise one. Thank God he's here to coach me along. Um, yeah, I'll put it... Uh, I'll put it right above Rolling Rock. It's never an enjoyable beer. It's a utility beer that's cheap. Well, it's always been a big part of our our system, though, is util- value, uh-huh. sessionability, branding. All this kind of lacks is taste, but taste is the biggest factor. I'm comfortable there. I'll validate what you said. Thank you, Joey. So that would put us at one, two, it's three, all I've ever wanted. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine... 10, 11, 12, 13th best beer in the history of the world Wow! at the moment. But it's still bottom half of the current beers that we reviewed. So at 13, um, the iconic branding, the, uh, the, the starting of the Chicago Fire, and the validation of Woody Harrelson. Wait, I knew about Woody Harrelson. Whoa. Maybe. Were you lying to me the whole time? Maybe there's some sort of conspiracy at foot. Maybe Joey, this whole time, has been Woody Harrelson. Maybe Brian is just a product of the industrial complex that is the Cold Cans Podcast. Folks, never go to coldcanspodcast.com slash anything. It's all a sham. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken? Fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! The Cold Cans Podcast is recorded in the Overcast Room at Cloud Studios in Seattle, Washington. Visit cloudstudioseattle.com 